Welcome to the Christian Worship Center podcast. We pray that this message encourages you and inspires you. Visit us online at www.cwcsj.org for service times and directions. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get into the word right now. We're going to jump into the word. And we've been speaking on no excuses. Nothing I hate more than an excuse. If you've ever uh, operated in, in any kind of management or you had a team around you, excuses drive you crazy. When you're trying to get something done or whether you're a parent and you ask your kids to do something and they don't get it done. You know, clean your room and you come back and the room's still dirty. Uh, my girls, when we would ask them to clean their room, they would, get very, they would get distracted. They would start cleaning and they would pick something up. And right when they were about to finish the task, they would get something, a, a game, and they would pick up the game and they would start looking, opening the box. And before you know it, there was more mess out because they're playing the game instead of cleaning up their room. They just get distracted. Now, I want you to understand something about... Excuses. Excuses have been around since time began. When God created the heavens and the earth and Adam and Eve, when they fall into sin, Adam, when God comes playing hide and seek with Adam, goes looking for Adam, and he asks him, Adam, where are you? And Adam says, I was naked, so I hid. Adam comes up with the first excuse to mankind. The ge- Genesis isn't just the beginning. Genesis is the beginning of everything. Everything we see, and I want to encourage you, if you like to join us on Wednesday nights, we serve dinner. We have a homework work room for the kids to work on homework before uh, class and everything. And then uh, we get into the Word, and we've been teaching on Wednesday nights. We're, we're doing more of a, a teaching, going line by line through the Word of God, and we want to invite you out to join us. We have all the pastors that sit down at a table, and we share, and we just want to be able to, to pour the Word of God into you in a little deeper level. And so we invite you to join us for that. But when God finds Adam, Adam does this. He didn't realize it, but he was creating with his mouth. And he created with his mouth the first excuse when God said, who, why did you eat from the tree? And his response was, well, it was the woman that you gave me. In other words, in a roundabout way, Adam is blaming God for his situation. How many times have we done that? Well, we blame God for the situation that we're facing because he's saying, hey, it was paradise until she showed up. (laughs) Everything was good. And then you created her. Next thing I know, I'm eating fruit and all of a sudden we're naked. (laughs) And then when God goes to Eve and says, Eve, why did you eat? She says, hey, wait a minute. It wasn't me. It was the snake that you created. Everything would have been fine if the snake hadn't started talking to me. It it would have been cool as long as the snake wasn't around. So God, in a roundabout way, it's really your fault. And so excuses have been around since the time, since time began. And so I want you to understand that each one came up with their own excuse. And we're still doing it today. And I need you to understand that... The only one that didn't offer up an excuse, this blows me away. Only one that didn't come up with an excuse was a serpent. Serpent was like, yeah, I did it. What's the problem? 
serpent was the only one. Satan was the only one that didn't come up with an excuse. And so I want you to recognize that when we look at the word of God, I want to talk to you about an excuse that almost kept the greatest leader from ever becoming that leader. The book of Exodus chapter 3, would you stand with me as we read in the book of Exodus? I want to talk to you about a man by the name of Moses. Everyone say Moses. Moses Moses is, is a great man. The Bible calls him the most humble man to ever walk the face of the earth. And I want you to notice something about him as we turn to Exodus chapter 3. Exodus is the second book of the Bible right after the book of Genesis. And in Exodus chapter 3, it starts off with this... Before we even pick up this story, Moses was born a Jew under under slavery. And Pharaoh had come up with the plan to keep the Jews in, in, in slavery by killing all the male children two years and under to keep them from reproducing. It was okay to have women, but he didn't want any warriors to be born and to grow up and cause a revolt. And so all male children were killed. And so Moses is born and his mom, rather than killing him, puts him in a a little ark, a little basket and puts him down the Nile River while his sister watches Moses float down the river. When Pharaoh's daughter picks him up out of the water, sees him and falls in love with this baby and she brings him into Pharaoh's house and raises him as her own. So Moses goes from a slave To a prince. Somebody say amen. Amen. How many would love to go from being broke to being rich? From having nothing to having everything. From being told what to do to being able to tell people what to do. Some of you like that one a little better. (laughs) Moses was born with a deliverer inside him. One thing I recognize... Because abortion just doesn't kill a life. Abortion kills potential. And every child is born with potential in them. And the potential that rested in this baby named Moses was a potential to deliver. To deliver a nation. And Moses had this desire to deliver people from the time he was born. And as he grew older in Pharaoh's house, all of a sudden he sees one one of the Egyptian warriors beating one of the Hebrew slaves. And he kills that man because the deliverer was in him. And Moses goes from a slave to a prince to a fugitive. He ends up caring for sheep on the backside of the desert, thinking that pretty much his life is over. This is my lot now. This is where we pick it up here in verse 1 of chapter 3. If you're there, say amen. Amen. One day, somebody say one day. I want you to know that today is that one day for you. Come on, folks. Look at your neighbor. Tell him today's that day. You've been saying that someday God's going to get God's going to do something for me. Someday I'm going to have my breakthrough. Someday I'm going to have an experience with God. Someday something's going to happen. I want you to know that today is that one day. Now, if you believe that, I need you to give a shout of praise to God. Today is that one day. Amen. High five your neighbor. One day 
Moses was tending that just one neighbor, just one neighbor, not all your neighbors. <laughs> Some of y'all go crazy. One day Moses was tending sheep. He just slapped the back of your neck, huh? Oh, your butt. Oh, okay. Brotherly love right there. Keep it above the waist, my friend. One day. <laughs> Moses was tending the flock of his father-in-law, Jethro, priest of Midian. Man, you imagine going from a slavery to the prince, and now you're taking care of sheep, but not even your own sheep. It's your father-in-law's sheep. Bad enough taking care of sheep. but Now you're doing it for your father-in-law. All the men say, oh, dang, y'all are quiet. You got your father-in-law standing right next to you. That's why he didn't say nothing. And he led the flock into the wilderness of Sinai, the mountain of the Lord. And there an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a blazing fire from the middle of the bush. And Moses stared in amazement. And though the bush was engulfed in flames, it didn't burn up. This is amazing, Moses said to himself. Why isn't that bush burning up? I must go See it. Bow your heads with me and pray. Father, help in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Benjamin Franklin made this statement that he that is good at making mistakes is seldom good at anything else. So if we're good at making mistakes, we're always finding reasons why we don't get results. And so since that time from the beginning when Adam and Eve came up with excuses... Excuses have continued to be the fuel that run the engine of failure in America and throughout the world. You will never have a great marriage if you continue to have excuses. You will never get out of debt if you continue to have excuses. You will never have a great family if you continue to come up with excuses. And so I want you to understand something. That the difference between a child and an adult, according to psychologists, isn't age. But it's when that child now has the ability to take responsibility. You could be 50 years old and still be a child. Age does not equate maturity. The difference between a child and an adult, an adolescent and a grown-up, is one simple Point that psychologists have found, and that is the ability to take responsibility. It's no one else's fault. It's mine. And I need you to understand something, is that when we get to the point that all we come up with is excuses, we're in trouble. Right now, we have a nation that is shut down. The government is shut down because everyone is coming up with excuses. See, I want you to understand something. Excuses have become a way of life for some. And we've come up, and if I say something that you have heard before, not that you've said it, just say amen when you hear something that you've heard someone else say. It's not my fault because of my parents. It's not my fault because of my heritage. It's not my fault because of my upbringing. It's not my fault because of my education. It's not my fault because of the color of my skin. It's not my fault because of my past. 
It's not my my fault because of my failures. It's not my fault because of my friends. Look who I hang around with. It's not my fault because of my enemies. It's not my fault because of my mom. It's not my fault because of my dad. It's not my fault because of my brother. It's not my fault because of my sister. It's not my fault because of my religion. It's not my fault because of my height. Amen. (laughs) It's not my fault because of my weight. It's not my fault because of my looks. It's not my fault. And so we always come up with excuses as to why we can't take responsibility. Excuses will paralyze your destiny. Let me say that again. Excuses will paralyze your destiny. You you can't control what happens to you, but you can control what happens through you. And so I need to understand that what happens to me cannot affect me longer than I allow it to. And so I want to take you somewhere that recognizing that an excuse is a reason or explanation put forward to defend or justify a fault or an offense. And so as we look at this, that I want to take a look at the life of Moses. Moses, the greatest leader to ever live, but he was this close to never existing. This close to never becoming who God intended him to be because of something called an excuse. Born a slave, raised a prince, and now a fugitive. But as Moses is leading this, the, the sheep on the backside of the desert, I can imagine every day being alone with these sheep, him thinking about the good life. Come on, somebody. How many of you have ever thought about the good old days? Remember before the kids came? Mom and dad? Oh, no, did I say that out loud? Or or before all of a sudden the bills started coming in, uh, before you got sick. Remember the good old days when when church started at a certain time and you went until way hours in the morning where the power of God was there. Remember the good old days. Moses is walking around thinking about the good old days. And as he's walking, all of a sudden something catches his attention. You see, in those days, in in, in that region, according to theologians, it wasn't uncommon for a certain kind of bush under the sun, under the, the heat of the sun, to heat up the sap inside of a certain kind of bush and cause that bush to catch on fire. So burning bushes apparently were not a big thing for a desert dwelling shepherd. They would see it happen on occasion. The difference is, is that Moses is walking with these sheep and he walks by a certain point one day and he notices a bush on fire. Okay. And so he passes it up and he keeps on going. That that wasn't a big deal. But he comes back a few days later and guess what? The bush is still burning. Got to keep burning, bro. (laughs) So he comes back and the bush is still burning. We don't know how many times he did this, but it was to the point where we find in verse three that he says. Wow. He looks at this thing. I got to go see what's going on here because this bush is burning. 
but it's not being consumed. You miss that. The bush is burning, but not being consumed. This is amazing, he says. Why isn't that bush burning up? And so God gets Moses' attention. I want you to know that God is still getting our attention today. God is still doing things that you get your attention, that pull you over and say, wait a minute, God, whether it's, and I've seen it, whether it's a birth of a child, all of a sudden that, that party or that, 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 that dude that was always going out, that girl that was always going out, all of a sudden a baby comes and all of a sudden I, I got to be responsible for my baby. Changes them. That dude that's always eating, always at the fast food restaurant, go to the doctor, find out the arteries are clogged. You got five clogged arteries. We got to do this. All of a sudden eating chicken breast, whole wheat rice, and uh, all of a sudden eating right, trying to work out. All of a sudden, all this post no longer is our food. It's about working out and so forth. They, they, had a, they had a burning bush experience. That man comes home from work. His wife isn't there. He finds a note on the, on the refrigerator that says, I'm tired of this. I'm leaving. He's just had a burning bush experience. Experience that said, you better get things right or things are going to change. Oh, someone agreed with that part right there. And so I need you to understand that we all have burning bush experiences. God doesn't cause pain in your life, but he will use that pain to bring about change and transformation. And so Moses is walking, sees the bush burning. But the bush isn't burning up. Folks, I I need you to understand something. That when God moves in your life, I know when we do it on our own because we end up getting burned out. When people get involved in ministry, people get involved in church and we start giving our service. Whenever we begin to get burned out. Pastor, I'm burnt out. I can't. I don't know how many times I've heard that. I'm burned out. I can't do this anymore. I'm giving too much. I, I'm trying too hard. I don't have any more strength. I'm burned out. Whenever you're burned out, it's because you've been trying to burn instead of allowing God to burn through you. God gets his attention. But I want you to notice what God tells him in verse 5 of chapter 3 of Genesis. God tells him this. Don't move forward. How strange is that? Every time I see in the word, God is usually pushing people forward. And here he tells them, don't go forward. In fact, what I'm about to do in your life, I want to tell some of you right now that God has a great call on your life. God wants to do something great in your life. But right now, you got to stop. You can't move forward. We can't sing the song moving forward right now. you got to stay right where you are for a moment. Because before God can do what he wants to do in your life, you got to stop for a second. Don't move forward. Because there's some things that need to get taken care of first. There's some things we got to deal with real quick. And so he told him this, Moses, don't move forward for the place that you're standing right now is holy ground. Somebody say holy ground. ground. Since the place that you're standing is holy ground, I, I need you to grab a hold of this this morning because this is powerful. It was just dirt. In fact, it was pasture land. 
But when God shows up in average things, God turns an average thing into a holy thing. You realize that television that used to show all those shows that cussed every other word, that when God shows up in that room, that room becomes holy? That, that bedroom where you used to be with them guys, that bedroom that you used to be with them women, that bedroom where you used to do things that didn't agree with God, that when the presence of God hits that room, it changes from being that kind of room into the very throne room of God. That when God shows up, he takes the ordinary and turns it into holy. That means even on the dirt called you. What was man made out of? And when God shows up on the dirt called you, you become holy ground. But God tells Moses this. Stay with me. Stay with me. God tells Moses this. Moses, take off the sandals off your feet. Anyone got sandals on here this morning? Let me see them things, girl. Whoo. What do sheep do? Eat, sleep. What's that? They do it everywhere. They pee everywhere. They, if they're walking and they gotta go, they just go. They don't stop. They just keep on going. They, they just let it out wherever they're at. And so, if you're walking these sheep, I remember when I, I, t- I used to run with my dog, and that. I was running with, with my, my uh, rot way back in the day, and we're running, and he decided he had to squat. And I was like, we ain't got time to squat, so I'm pulling him while he's letting things fall out behind him. I had to stop and pick it up. No, you have to pick it up, okay? Those of y'all that have dogs that walk them and the dog craps, you pick it up. You don't leave it laying on the street. You don't kick it into a neighbor's yard. But when you have a bunch of sheep and you're a shepherd, what are you going to step in? You're going to get sheep crap all over your shoes. You're going to get it between your toes. You're going to step in a puddle. You're going to have that stuff all over you. And what God was telling to Moses, Moses, listen, I know that you're ready to step into this new season in your life, but I can't have you move any forward until you take your shoes off. Why? Because you've stepped into some crap in your past. There's some things that are on you that I need to get off of you before I move you forward. God wants to do something great in your life, but you can't move forward because there's still crap all over you. So you don't understand. You might have stepped in it months ago, but you're still carrying it around with you. 
Might not have been your fault. You stepped in it. You're not the one that laid it there. But you stepped in it. But the fact that it's still on you isn't the sheep's fault anymore. It's yours. You got to take the crap off of you. You got to remove the crap off of your life. You got to clean yourself up. God was saying this, Moses, before you go on, I got you. I need you to take off your past. I need you to take off your ways. I need you to remove those things that are attached to you. This morning, I'm trying to challenge you right now. You can't move forward when I'm holding on to yesterday. I can't move forward when I'm still holding on to the hurt of yesterday. I can't move forward. And God literally says this. Moses, I'm not even going to let you move forward. You stay right there until you take it off. When you take it off, you're ready for something. When you take it off, notice God didn't take it off for him. Moses had to take the step. in this stuff years ago and you still smell like it two, two, three decades later. It might not have been your fault, but you know what? If it stays on you, it is your fault. Somewhere along the way, you got to say, you know what? I'm tired of carrying this crap with me. Because when you got crap on your life, everyone around you smells like they have crap on them. So you meet new people. You're like, oh man, that person smells. Man, this person smells too. What the heck? You walk up, man, that person smells. You get a clue that when everyone around you smells, it might not be them. I'm sorry if I'm offending y'all by using crap. But I want you to notice what Moses removes it. Moses almost wasn't. He removes his sandals and then God tells him this in verse 7 of Exodus. Then the Lord told him, I have certainly seen. Everyone say seen. Seen. This is amazing right here. The oppression of my people, Egypt. Moses wanted his people free. That's what placed him on the backside of the desert on the run to begin with. That there are things that God desires God places in you, but we go about wanting the right thing the wrong way. Moses went about it his way, not God's way, and it got him in trouble. But you know what? I I want to encourage you. God factored in our failures in his plan and his promise for your life. Whenever we fail, we think, God, you don't, wait, wait a minute, God, you don't know who I am. Yeah, I I did this, I did that, I messed up here, I messed up there. The good news is, is that God, if you were there on Wednesday night, recognized that God created time, but he exists outside of it. And because he exists, exists outside of it, God looks at us not as a progress, a, a work in progress. He looks at us as a finished product. I have certainly seen the oppression of my people, Egypt, and I've heard the cries 
and the distress because of their harsh slave drivers. Yes, I'm aware of their suffering. And so I've come down to rescue them for the power of the Egyptians and lead them out of Egypt to their own fertile, spacious land. I can imagine Moses saying, yeah, you heard about it. Yeah, you see it. Yeah, you're going to do something about it. Yes, God. Oh, God, come on now. And he's probably getting to waving his own hanky. He's beginning to say, yes, amen. Come on, Jesus, do it. Come on, God, do it. He's excited that God has finally heard his prayer. Look what he does here in verse 8. I will come down, actually in verse, verse 9. Look, the cry of the people of Israel has reached me, and I have seen how harshly they've abused them. Have you ever prayed and you finally feel like God has heard you? You're like, yeah. Way to go, God. That is awesome. Yes, here it comes. Ooh, you guys are going to get it. God just heard my prayer. Ooh, my finances are going to get it. God just heard my prayer. The sickness is going to get it. God just heard my prayer. My marriage is going to get it because God just heard my prayer. My neighborhood's going to change because God heard my... And we're all excited about the promise until we get to verse 10. Now go, for I am sending you. How does God work? Looked at the person next to you. See, the person next to you is the solution, not the problem. Uh, are you talking about him or are you talking about her? One on each side. Huh? Look at the person next to you and tell them, I'm the solution. See, some of you are sitting next to your wife or your husband saying, no, you're the problem. (laughs) No. They're the solution. God doesn't create anything without a purpose. Everything he creates has a purpose. Everything he creates was created on purpose, for a purpose, according to Rick Warren. And so he tells Moses this. Listen, after all these years, I've been setting you up for this moment. Moses, I'm sending you to Pharaoh and you must lead my people out of Egypt. You see, this is the problem. We all have a desire to see people free. We just want someone else to do it. We want our family saved, but send someone else to minister to them because I can't handle them. We want to see the educational system change, but I don't want to get involved in it. Politics need to change, but I ain't getting involved in that stuff. See, Christianity isn't about getting saved and then going to heaven. If it was, God would kill you after you got saved. As soon as you got saved, boom, you're dead and he would take you to heaven. We accomplish a purpose. But that's not his purpose. His purpose is to bring his kingdom from heaven to earth. You're supposed to make your house look like heaven. You're supposed to make your job look like heaven. You're supposed to make your family look like heaven. You're supposed to make your school look like heaven. And God's telling Moses, you got a kingdom to bring. And Moses starts coming up with his excuses. The greatest leader ever almost wasn't because he said, wait a minute, wait a minute. Who am I to do this? 
First question that we all ask when God wants us to do something is, who am I? I can't do this. God, God do, you, do you remember I'm a murderer? Pharaoh's trying to kill me, and you want me to go back? The very thing that you think disqualifies you, qualifies you. Say that again. The very thing that you think disqualifies you, qualifies you. Better to minister to someone that has gone through abuse than someone that's been abused. Who better to show an addict how to get out of addiction than someone else that's accomplished it? They might not have all the answers, but you could say this just like Christ did. Imitate me. Or as Paul did, imitate me as I imitate Christ. And you become a source of hope for other people. As I close this morning, I want you to notice that he asked, who am I? Then he asked, who are you? Who shall I say sent me? You want me to do this, but who's given me authority to do this? And God says, listen, tell him I am sent you. Who is I am? I am whatever you need. When you're broke, I am Jehovah Jireh. When you're, when, you're, when you're depressed, I'm Jehovah Shalom, the God, your peace. When you're sick, I'm Jehovah Rapha, the God that heals. When you're lost, I'm Jehovah Ra, the good shepherd. I need you to understand that whatever you need today, I am is with you. Okay, God, I know who you are, but what if they don't believe me? What if people don't agree with the call that you're placing on my life? I want to start a business. I want, I want to step into the educational system. I want to help young pregnant ladies. I want to do these things. What if people don't believe me? Well, they're not the ones that called you. The Apostle Paul's put it this way. What if men don't believe? Does that make God a liar? He says, no, absolutely not. Let God be true and every man a liar. But God, I'm a stutterer. God, I got issues. We all got issues. We all got issues. All of us do. I'm not any better than any of y'all. I'm not preaching because I know God better than you. We all can know God. I'm just here because I am the first one that got here. <laughs> Started the church. Doesn't make me more holy. Doesn't make me any closer to God. Because God got rid of that system when he died. And he ripped the veil that separated the holy place from the holy of holies. He was saying, let everyone come in. Let everyone have access. Let everyone come to me. See, if God could use a burning bush or a simple bush, if he could use a donkey, if he could use a fish, if he could use a little boy with some fish fillet sandwiches, what can God do with you? As I close this morning, I want to challenge you. That there's desires that you have inside you, but you've been coming up with excuses for years as to why you can't do what God has placed as a desire inside you. Who am I to do this? 
How, how can I make this happen? Who, 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 who's sending me to do this? What about my limitations? Why are you choosing me, God? All these struggles that we start going through. I need you to understand this simple statement. I've, I've read this before, but I just want to share it again. Look at the people that God used in the word of God. Noah was a drunk. Abraham was too old. Isaac was a daydreamer. Jacob was a liar. Leah was ugly. Joseph was abused. Moses stuttered. Samson was a womanizer. Rahab was a hoe. It's true. Jeremiah and Timothy were too young. David was an adulterer and a murderer. Jonah ran from God. Peter denied Christ. The disciples fell asleep while they were supposed to be praying. Zacchaeus was too short. Paul was a murderer. And Lazarus was dead. Yet God used them all. What's your excuse? As of today, no more excuses. No more excuses. But you don't, no more excuses. But, no more but people. Okay? Get rid of the buts in your life. And start recognizing that you were created as a solution to a problem. Bow your heads with me this morning. Thank you for downloading this message. For more information on our church, visit us at www.cwcsj.org.